Bright Light. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Gizmo's Corner yet again, the episodics. Uh, joining me today, we have Billy. Greetings, hola, and konnichiwa. <laughs> All right, Billy, I've been looking forward to uh, talking to you for about three weeks now. You are probably one of the most knowledgeable Star Wars people I know. I absorb facts. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very happy to have you on here. Starting off, man, I, I initially I just want to get your opinions on Disney Plus so far. Like, what do you think of the streaming service? Any like likes, dislikes, something you're looking forward to? Uh, well, I mean, I signed up for the, the, the three-year pre-order thing back in August, so I'm locked in one way or the other on <laughs> however oh, my opinion is, whatever. But it was a good deal. I was like, all right, I'm gonna have, there's going to be at least two years of Mandalorian. So I was like, all right, I got to have two years of service at least, and I got a third year for free. So I'm good with that. Um, the service so far has been pretty good. I was there launch day trying to watch Mandalorian. Uh, took a, uh, several, several, several hours before I could actually get a stream going on that one, but that was to be expected it for it being launch day. But a uh, lot of good content on there as far as back catalog material. The originals are still a little sparse because they're doing it out week by week, but that's going to improve obviously as it goes on and on. And we haven't, I think there's enough right now to hold me over until that starts to fill out a little bit more. And I think that week-by-week week release has worked well for at least Mandalorian. So it's helped with the conversations and stuff, as you've seen. Oh, yeah. And um, the other shows, I think they should probably take more on a case-by-case case basis. Like, I think Jeff Goldblum could probably could have just been thrown out all there at once instead of week-by-week. Week. But I've only watched one episode so far, so maybe I'll be mistaken on that, on that as I uh, circle back to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of good um, back material. Um, the fact that they own all these major franchises and using those as their categories really makes navigating the contents a lot easier, I think, than just being able to just have the recommendations up front of just what's new and just digging through the mound that is Netflix or something like that. Yeah, I, I could. I completely agree with you there. Uh, I love the fact that they do subcategorize it. So you can mm -hmm. pick, you know, Pixar, you can pick National Geographic, Marvel, etc. cetera. Uh, I think that makes it a lot easier to uh, maneuver through what you want to watch. Yeah. And um, if you go through the, like each they, and then yet they still have the type categories too, like movies and series and originals. So you can like still filter it down even further in a different way. Yeah. And going the full A to Z on those sections lets you even see the placeholders, which I think are really useful because you, if, even though they're not included in like the other sections by default, which I think might be a mistake, but having them in there, if you're looking for The Last Jedi or Solo, because you're like, where's the missing Star Wars films? I want to watch them all. Well, they have those placeholders in there just to tell you that, oh, Christmas, uh, like I think it's like the day after Christmas or whatever, Last Jedi will be out. And then in July or whatever, Solo will be out and so on. So you can find out where those missing pieces are are going to come in to play. And I think yeah. that's very useful to know, um, especially because I believe I read that some material may leave Disney plus because of other deals that were Contract, previously. Yeah. yeah. But then they're going to come back. So it'll be nice to be like, Oh, it's on my list at least. And yeah. I can say, Oh, that's what happened to it. I can just, you know, I'll come back to this then, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely nice having those placeholders there. Uh, so, you know, when it is coming, but I mean, uh, cause I did go to watch solo the one day 
And I was very disappointed that it wasn't on there, but it's also on it's because it's still on Netflix. So I have Netflix, so I can just yeah, go watch it on Netflix. Exactly. So it wasn't like that big of a deal to me. But it's nice to know that these uh, these movies or series, what have you, they will eventually be coming onto the onto the service. Uh, except for Spider-Man. I don't know if we're ever going to get the Spider-Man movies. I think they said the Spider-Man will not be because that's going to be Sony dishing out the rights for that one. Um, yeah. So that might end up being on whoever. Because I think Sony is still like shopping their content around for um, for different streaming services. So maybe it'll end up on HBO Max or Peacock or any of these other ones that are going to be uh, uh, yeah. yeah coming out there. I don't think Apple... I don't see Apple really shelling out for that. I don't think. I think they're going to stick to their originals. That's my... Yeah, I, I think I think, I think it's going to be they're going to be more original too. I agree with you. I think it's going to be just like it's too early to predict where some of that's going to go. But I think all the other Marvel content you're going to see, it's going to be on Disney Plus, and then but and, but it's good to know, as you say, that like for now, pretty much anything that's not like Mar- well, for Marvel and Star Wars, whatever is not on Disney Plus, it's probably still on Netflix. So like for the next yeah. year, at least you have you know you know where everything's going to be until those contracts expire. How many how many streaming services do you have now? Um, I have Netflix, Amazon, and Disney Plus. I just canceled Hulu, but that's only because I had like a Black Friday special from last year, and that just expired. And I haven't really used it much at all. And yeah. the stuff I'm waiting on for Hulu isn't out yet, so I'll resubscribe probably for that in a few months or next year, whenever. Because I think the Orville is coming back to that chat. Oh, I love the <clears throat> Orville. I yeah, love so, the Orville. So the next season of that's not going to air on Fox. It's just going to be on Hulu. Oh, so, okay. Uh, because I think uh, Seth MacFarlane was just too busy, so he couldn't get it out in time for the mm. slot that the network would have aired it in. So they're like, yeah. all right, we're still going to make it, but it's just going to be on Hulu. So um, when that comes out, then I'll probably subscribe back up to to watch that and stuff and you know, just juggle the services going forward. And Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I have uh, Netflix, I have uh, Disney Plus now, and uh, Amazon. And same thing, I, I canceled Hulu maybe six months ago just because I wasn't using it at all really so it was just a waste of money at that point yeah there's only a couple uh, shows on there that i was really like interested in to begin with so yeah. it was i can circle back again when orville and just hit them all up at that point probably make that the hulu month or what have you so yeah and then and then get rid of it again yeah exactly <laughs> that's how it's going to be now you know for juggling these services you're not going to be subscribed to all of them at once but every now and yeah. then you're probably going to want to check out whatever show on HBO or what have you. So that's going to be an HBO month or, or HBO a couple months probably. Cause like they'll probably do weekly things too. I imagine. Cause that's how they did game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, the, the week to week jumping back, you bringing that up week to week has been, it's been pretty awesome. I've, I've said it on here. As you know, uh, the week to week releases definitely do make it a lot more interesting and it is keeping the conversation going. So I'm loving it so far. So if other streaming services start doing it this way, I'm, I'm going to enjoy that a lot. Like I'm, I'm hoping that Netflix starts picking it up. I think Netflix is going to stick to the binge model because that's think? like that's that's their thing. I think there's certain like talk shows and stuff they'll do weekly, but um, I think they're pretty much aiming because they started the whole binge model thing because people thought they were crazy to just throw all 13 episodes up at once for like back with House of Cards like 10 years ago or something. So yeah. I think they're going to stick with that, and I think Amazon will still stick with that. I think it's just going to be service to service, although I think you might see maybe a few marquee shows maybe do that. Like I could see yeah. Amazon doing that with Lord of the Rings when they do that next year or two years from now, whenever they start making that one. Yeah, that that I could see being a, being a week to week. 
sure. most of their but most of their shows, I think they're going to be like they want to have that drop date and let them be like the they'll have their moment in the conversation for one week and then they don't have to compete for eight weeks or what have you. I think you're going to see that continue forward, and I'm used to it one way or the other. I mean, I don't think yeah. one. I don't want to see it go back completely to week to week just because it's it's hard to keep track of everything on a week to week basis. True. Uh, um, but at the same time, you can be overwhelmed when you get 12 shows drop at once. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's yeah. A, it's a damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I still have cable. So like there's other shows that I watch week to week live. And then I that was going to be I, that was going to be my next question for you is if you still have cable because I don't I haven't had cable for about uh, four years. I, I almost dropped it last year just because of financial reasons, but then yeah, I got, yeah. I got, but then I did the math that they were offering me on and with the, just the internet, and I was like, it was like thirty bucks more to for them to, for me to keep my my uh, cable service and just drop a few channels like HBO and stuff. So yeah. I was like, all right, I stuck with it, and you know my TV is not getting as much use as a DVR now, um, yeah. which sucks because Wait. like. What you you have a you have a TiVo still? I, oh yeah, I, I bought a TiVo like about well, I bought a new one about seven to nine years ago, or whatever. No, uh, wow, that's awesome. So, <laughs> I didn't like, know those I mean, things still existed. Oh yeah, no, I mean because you know what it is? I I hated the interfaces on the built-in DVRs that you got with your yeah. cable box because uh-huh. they were just they were so clunky. McClunky. Um, and, um, <laughs> awesome. And. and uh, <laughs> Like the newer ones, they're fantastic because you can record like four shows at once and all this stuff. And like I had an older one that was like you know, where you can only record one and watch one. Yeah. So it was like by the time the technology finally caught up to my viewing habits is when like all of a sudden the streaming stuff took off. So I was like, God damn it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um so the uh yeah, no, I still have it because it's it's just useful. I just record you know, record the stuff and get to whenever I want to. And like if I ever change my service or drop my service. I still have those recordings. I don't have to turn the box in with recordings and stuff. No. Um, it keeps tabs on all the new stuff for me that I might have forgotten was having a new, new season come up. So it, it's fantastic for that, but I've been juggling what am I going to watch streaming and what am I going to wa- watch off a of record. You know? So yeah. it's uh, having both in conjunction has been really good. And also having like streaming apps built into the TiVo means I still have just what the one remote control and you know, don't have to worry about casting everything off my phone. Like Disney Plus, I do because they don't have a TiVo app, unfortunately. But hopefully, they'll get one in the future because I assume Disney's going to want to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, no, I still that's because I cable would not be very useful without that. <laughs> yeah, um, and, I, and I pay my lifetime subscription on that, and I use my cable card off of that, so I'm not even paying rental on a cable box. I just pay nice. for I pay six bucks for the card that goes directly into the cable the, the TiVo box or whatever. So it's tr- one less thing to plug in because <laughs> I'm out of I'm out of plugs now. <laughs> no I, more I, plugs. There's no more plugs. I bought a PS4 yesterday, and I can't plug it in right now. I have to figure oh, out what no. I'm, I, I got to figure out what I got to <laughs> sacrifice. The last plug I used was for the Chromecast. That's another thing too. The reason I kept the cable is they gave me a free Google Home and a free Google uh, Chromecast. Nice. Like, all right, that's that's of <laughs> hardware. I don't really need either one of them at, at the time, but all right, that's the free is free. Yeah, and so now I use the Chromecast to watch Disney Plus because I don't have anything else hooked up yet that has the app. Although I think the PS4 does, so I might have to sw- I might be able to swap them out finally. <laughs> but the the Chromecast took the last plug, which was the plug on the back of my receiver <laughs> that uh, could power things separate, like by the receiver. So that was the last power plug I have available now. So now I have to make start making sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's not awesome. 
I mean, not for you. To me, it's awesome. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I might have to oh. unplug the uh, the GameCube or something. I don't know. The, uh... Oh man. Hey, so with Mandalorian, the, what we're here to talk about? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> you've been digging the series so far. Uh, absolutely. The first three episodes kind of made like a mini movie in a way. Yeah. And uh, you could see how this show may have started off as like being in some form, the Boba Fett movie to a degree. Yeah. Um, I don't think Boba Fett would have had acted the same way in a lot, in a lot of these situations, but um, that's okay. We're getting a new character and new, and something that's more Mandalorian culture focused, which is good because I think technically Boba Fett and Django are not technically Mandalorians anymore in the official lore. Mm-hmm. So that this has allowed them to go into that without contradicting that, you know, don't want to contradict George. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I saw some of the preview footage back at Star Wars Celebration back in April. That's um, right. You go to Star Wars Celebration every year, right? Yep. Or every time they have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, although it is going to be every year because now it seems almost like they're having another one next year. My bank account is crying already. <laughs> um, I got to pay that credit card off from last time, and usually I need a couple years for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, no, they they showed they did you know they had Favreau there and the cast, and they were showing off like, about they showed about five to ten minutes from the first episode, like when yeah. he goes to do the deal inside uh, with um, the the client, um, and you know just him walking around and talking to uh, Apollo <laughs> and. Uh, Grief Karga. Grief Karga. Uh, Grief Karga is his name. All right. I'll try to remember that. I can't promise. We, we, well, it's, it, that's probably a uh, a nice hint that he's probably not going to be like a, like a friendly character. His name is Grief. No, There's no character in Star Wars. If your name is Grief, or you're going to be a good guy. Unless your <laughs> yes. first name is also Good. <laughs> good Grief. Good Grief, yes. Turns out he's been uh, Charlie Brown this whole time. Yeah, exactly. That's a big twist. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. Um <laughs> But uh, the footage was so impressive when I saw it there, and the show exceeded those expectations, um, at least for the first three episodes. Um, I think the fourth one, well, we'll get into that a little bit more. It wasn't a bad episode, but it was, I don't think it was quite as to the heights of the first three. Yeah, I'm with you. But, um, you know, the quality uh, is generally um, exceeded my expectations. Um, I think it's done a good job of playing with or, or remixing the familiar it's taken it's taken it hasn't really introduced a lot of new stuff like the new movies do but it's taken what we knew from the original trilogy and put them into really cool situations and explored mm-hmm. things that were just background elements it's given a very expanded universe vibe to it so if you're a fan of the novels and comics in any of the continuities that they've had there's a lot to just relish from anything from just seeing an IG droid in action to vibroblades, which I never even like thought about, but they actually mm-hmm. had a little vibration effect on them and stuff, which uh, which is pretty cool because I didn't even notice it the first time they did that because yeah. it's like it's like barely on camera when he's using it against the the mudhorn. Yeah. But then when the, when he's fighting with the other Mandalorian in the in, in the uh, the Covern area or whatever the covert area, you can actually get a good shot of them vibrating, but you don't like they don't make it the focus of the shot. So like if it's if just like a little taste, right? Like yeah, just exactly. a little taste for you. Because you're probably looking at them and not the knives. But if you also even notice, you're like, wait, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's then, like, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, and I said, and then just freaking having an episode oh, that basically was just centered around a super NES level. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I was there like, I, I've played this on the SNES. Should I have a controller right now? Because I feel like I should be like shooting some Jawas. Uh, Coco, Coco said that you and Justin both had played the same game or something. I guess and yeah. like uh, yeah. Super Star Wars. Yeah, no, the, yeah. there was a super, the trilogy of Super Star Wars games on the SNES. That's awesome. Um, it, was, it was just a side scroller platformer shoot 'em up, and like like the second level is like Luke running up to the sand crawler and catching up, and then just like shooting every Jawa and climbing up the side and stuff. And then, you know, they pop out of little ports and throw or shoot at you and throw stuff, throw stuff at you or shoot at you. And then you go inside. And it's interesting, too, because that's like the second time that that game has influenced or at least at least the second notable, most notable time where the Jawa Sandcrawler level has influenced canon. <laughs> that's the second because, time. What was the first time? Uh, apparently, from what I've what I've been what I've read is that in Attack of the Clones, there's that brief shot of the Sandcrawler when Anakin is looking for his mother. Yeah, and um, you can see the interior of the sandcrawler, and they vaguely based it on the layout of the interior level of the sandcrawler from that video game. Oh shit! So, or, uh, yeah, it's like the the weirdest things. Yeah, that's awesome. Like I'm deep cuts, I'm, deep cuts. I like them. I'm loving like the little Easter eggs like that that they're throwing in. Like Justin told me about the gun that Mando uses was actually actually from like the Christmas special that Boba Fett used. Yeah. Yep. It's the same rifle. Yeah. Um, little things like that, just sprinkling it in there. It's from there too, I think. Like they reference your ancestors rode the great mythosaur or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's what the creature is that he's riding in that cartoon when you first see him too. I I have to double check that because I haven't really watched that in a long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's um yeah just they do have deep cuts of some of that old stuff like the blurb. Um, I think you did a you mentioned it briefly in your last episode, mm. but the blurb is um. The first time we saw those was in the the live action Ewok TV movies from the eighties. Yeah, uh, someone, someone, I think someone on Facebook had uh, mentioned that where it was from like the 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 Ewok movie something of Endor. Uh, you see the the blurg in there too. Yeah, the uh, the battle the battle for Endor. Uh, That's what it was. Which was the second one of those movies, and the blurg was it was stop motion in that one. Uh, but it, look, it looked the same, basically, and it was actually based on the concept art for the Tauntaun from Empire Strikes Back, and they appeared in the Clone Wars as well. Um, Did they're, they? Yep, they're they're the the Twi'leks, uh, Twi'leks. I, they changed the pronunciation on me. Uh, <laughs> I'm still gonna say Twi'leks. I've said it for too long the wrong way. So um, uh, they they're the mounts that um, the Twi'leks are uh, riding on Ryloth uh, in several episodes of the TV series, and I think also on Rebels too. I think. Um, yeah, I'm so, still I'm still getting into Rebels and Clone Wars. Uh, I just started those probably like a couple weeks ago. I, oh. I I haven't watched any of the animated series, so I'm still like slowly catching up on those. How far are you into Clone Wars? Uh, Clone Wars, I'm probably on like episode six. Oh, okay. And the first um, season. You're gonna want to watch my video. I'll talk. I'll, I'll mention later because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that, they aired that show out of well, they created the show out of chronological order. And okay. then they, they came out with an order later on to put it in chronological order, okay. but it didn't fix everything, and I fixed everything. So I have Did my – so the enhanced <laughs> viewing order, uh, I call it, and um, definitely worth uh, – it helps smooth smooth over a lot of things. Uh, so <laughs> it, it'll, it'll cause less confusion. <laughs> right on. Because like um, otherwise you watch it in the airing order and it's like oh the second season finale takes place before the first season finale but then after the second season premiere and then you get your head just starts going like cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh let's dig into this episode or I'm uh, I do it all the time, man. Let's dig into this chapter, chapter four. 
Yeah, we get you to say that because they have they they. I oh, was it, I forget if it was your show or uh, another one I was watching where we were like that's probably why they call them chapters because they don't want us to confuse them with the episodes. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> okay, all right. All right so, <laughs> no, I'm taking it from that. That, that. that was that's the only time I've heard someone point that out so far. So I mean, sweet. <laughs> or, or at least it was the first time I heard that. So uh, you were ahead of the curve on that one. Awesome. Points for me, man. Suck it, blind <laughs> wave. No. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, so we've got this episode. Oh, fuck, I did it again. <laughs> Sorry, my way we apologize. <laughs> we lost uh, the point already, man. I don't know. Uh, chapter four. Uh, we've got this one. This one's actually directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, now, for me, I looked. I don't know if Bryce Dallas Howard has actually directed anything before. I think she she has. has, right? Pretty certain she has, yeah. See, I thought she directed an episode of um, Wayward Pines. Yeah, this is probably the first time she's done anything Star Wars. So, Definitely uh, the first time anything Star Wars. This is actually, I think, this, I think this is also the first time it's been a second generation Star Wars director too, because Ron Howard did, did most of Solo as well. Yeah, because um, we've had some other children of other Star Wars people involved in the um, franchise, but not. I don't think in a directorial context. Like Katie Lucas uh, wrote some episodes of Clone Wars, and Mark Hamill's son and Nathan. Carrie. Yeah, Nathan and Carrie Fisher's uh, daughter have appeared in the films in supporting yeah. roles. Um, and there might be one or two other ones along the way there for cameos. But um, as far as directors go, I think Bryce is the first second, genera- second generation one. For what the episode was, you know, it's, it seemed like she did a pretty good job with it as far as being a, if it is like her directorial debut to Star Wars. Uh, that's if she does any more after this. She did pretty good. Like we just said, it's not the best episode out of the four so far. Uh, to me, if anything, it kind of seemed like it teetered down a little bit. I think it's more that it's just a very familiar storyline. It's very clearly Seven Samurai. Yeah. Like, it's like, uh, and it, the thing is, is that it's something Star Wars has already done at least twice before. Yeah. Um, there is an episode of Clone Wars that is literally it's Seven Samurai with bounty hunters. Mm. Um, and uh, I think the first storyline from the original Marvel Star Wars comics like the that came out right after the original film's adaptation. It's either the first story arc or like the, the second episode, sorry, uh, second issue that came out after that or something like that. I think it's still the same story arc, uh, which was called, I think it was like 8 from 8-4 Aduba 3, I think it was. But basically it was Seven Samurai, but it was Han Solo and a bunch of other uh, like rogues and smugglers defending a village from these raiders who happened to be called the cloud riders which is where they got the name for um the gang that solo encounters in the solo movie right uh, on the, the, the swoop riders um, yeah oh why is your name eluding me now all of a sudden um you know the, the leader uh with the mask oh well <laughs> that's okay uh i mean i know who you're talking about at least so yeah you know well if anyways, you had said a name i wouldn't have known my point is, though, it was like it's something that Star Wars has drawn drawn upon a lot, and I think even in that in that Marvel comic, like at some point, like there's like a beast that is summoned to protect the village, but then like it goes rogue, and so like it's almost like the ATST in, in a way, because like you know, okay. there's the gi- there's the giant you have to overcome in the end or whatever, you know, kind yeah, of thing. It's so, always something big. So I don't think she had. Any, I don't think there was any fault of her directing. It was just yeah. the material itself was. I However, agree. I think it does manage to pull off some things that are interesting because they're adding the star elements around it, even though the center action piece is still Defend the Village from the Raiders, Seven Samurai. 
Yeah. And train uh, with sticks. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that too. This opening scene, though, when you have when you do have the raiders coming in yeah. uh, into this village, this fishing village. I'm sure you know my dog is a bulldog. Oh. <laughs> uh, so my first thought was like, I'm, I'm sitting there. Wes is right next to me, and all of a sudden, the first like the leader of the raiders comes on. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, Yo, boy, it's you. You're on the screen. Um, but they were a bunch of assholes, these dogs, <laughs> these dog people. Uh, the um, Klaatuinians, uh, they were, um, they're from, they're one of the Jabba's skiff guard, but one of the races of the Jabba's skiff guards we saw in Return of the Jedi. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's um, it's another one of those things I was talking about where they take one of those things that was sort of like a, a side element of the, of the original trilogy, yeah. and they're highlighting them and putting them into a new context, kind of giving them a little bit of a spotlight. My uh, my first thought was the island of Doctor Moreau, the movie with the uh, Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando. Yeah, there's a documentary that was done on that movie. I've heard about it because I know it's it was a big mess. It's really good. I highly recommend it. I think it's on Prime. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, but the original director of the island of Doctor Moreau, he like goes to leave the island. Long story short, he didn't leave the island, and then he ends up wearing one of the costumes, and he's actually <laughs> on set the entire time. But his uh, his costume was like a bulldog creature. And I'm like, okay. so my first, you know, thought was, you know, these look like the the director from Island of Dr. Moreau. But anyway, that's that's not important. Yeah, there was, um, there was a the skiff guard named I think it was Barada. Um, mm-hmm. he, it would be one of these guys. And he had like a, kind of a red bandana. Um, yeah. So he because the, the one of the little jokes was that you had uh, the three of the skiff guards was like Klaatu, Barada and Nikto. Mm um, even though like Nikto is a species, Barada is the name of a Klaatuinian, and Klaatu is a different species. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, hey, it's all cut. We can probably we can probably thank Kenner for that, probably. I imagine. Just, yeah, Kenner made a figure for every single background character. So yeah, yeah we could definitely thank them. And Hasbro uh, still can still still does that. The yeah. um, was it a uh, Constable Zuvio is the famous one from Force yeah. Awakens who got mm-hmm. like all these action figures, like including like a, a like a deluxe figure, and like he's not even in the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, one other thing, and then we're gonna hop back into this. So, right, uh, have you seen? Uh, have you heard anything about like the merch for Baby Yoda? Like everyone, like I myself, I want to be, I want a Baby Yoda plushie, or like I want. Something Baby Yoda. So they've released some merch, but it's like terrible. Yeah. Have you seen any of it? Uh, mostly <laughs> t-shirts and stuff, I think, right? Yeah, it's like t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, bags. I, I think I saw something. They said there, were, there was, there was going to be stuff before Christmas, they said. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I really want to um, I, I thought I saw a picture of a doll or something. Um, something. Uh, I didn't look too closely at it because I assume whatever's out now, there'll be something better out within a year. <laughs> So let me get your opinion here. A lot of people are asking how come they didn't have these, like, let's say, toys ready to go like they normally do. Or like, how come they didn't have any dolls, plushies, T-shirts, anything did. like that? I think, they, think they, they did. They're more prepared with this one than they were with Baby Groot. Because Baby Groot, they were completely taken off guard with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay. Um, not, sorry, not not Guardians Guardians Galaxy One. Um, mm-hmm. The um, the dancing the dancing dancing group. group. Yeah, that was a famous one where like the Disney's like we don't have anything, and like <laughs> they they're completely taken off guard about how how much popularity that or demand there was for that such a product for that. And um, this one, I think, the fact that there's something coming out before Christmas means that they had it along the, along the lines. But I think because they were so concerned about keeping him a secret, 
That's exactly what I was. Yeah. Things just weren't in the manufacturing pipeline to a certain extent until they could pull the trigger on it. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I was. Uh, everyone's like, how come it's not here? Like, you know, everyone wants things now, 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 now. Right. First instinct was, man, a lot, especially pops. Pops are like notorious right. for spoiling it. Even Legos, they spoil. They can spoil a movie easily. But I think them not releasing anything beforehand was a good idea. Because that surprise at the end of chapter one, seeing Baby Yoda, like, I, I don't know about you, but I was like, <gasps> like, I actually got goosebumps when I saw Baby Yoda. Well, I mean, it's a huge thing because, I mean, I th as you know, that we're talking on the earlier episodes, if I recall correctly, it just the, the species has been so um, rare in Star Wars continuity. And it's been one of those mm -hmm. off-limits off subjects. Like, you couldn't yeah. explore the name of the species, their home world, their origin, really. They were so rare that, you know, you said you had two in the movies. You've had maybe two or three in the video games from like the ancient era, like the Knights of the Old Republic era. And there was maybe one that was like a non, a partially non-canon one from like one comic book or something. Mm -hmm. And other than that, we haven't had anything else on them. So like just seeing them like a, having another one at all is a hugely significant yeah. um, occurrence, but having it be a child version and the baby is like, Oh my God, we've never seen that before. Yeah. Um, so that was just like, Oh, we we're starting to push past something that's been a significant or notable barrier for, uh, content in star Wars. And I remember they mentioning that George Lucas did visit the set one day. And I'm wondering if this is because they had a uh, baby Yoda on set that day or something. And yeah. I'm wondering if that was the case. <laughs> Minus the Baby Yoda merch. Uh, let's hop back into this uh, Oh, actually, this really, real quick, though, actually, uh, be, um, yeah. another thought with the Baby Yoda, too, because people are pointing out, like, the timeline. You figure he's 50 years old yeah. right now. Uh, according to Yoda, when he's talking about, um, he says, like, he's been training Jedi for 800 years, and he died when he was 900. That yeah. means in 50 years, this guy, little fella, uh, the child, could technically be at Jedi Master level if he was to be trained or something like that. So, which is like only about twenty years or so there, give or take, after the events of the sequel trilogy. So hmm. that could be something. Depending on where this show goes, he could be something they could play with down the road in that era as well. Uh, once they do whatever the next trilogy is going to be in, in the movies. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think we could see Baby Yoda? pop up in Rise of Skywalker? Like, do you think he's going to be aged enough to that point where, like, we'll actually see him walking around, or do you think these are going to be two separate? It depends. Um, it's not an impossibility, but if they do that, it does kind of box in what they can do with him on The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. um, I think, depending on if the child... Uh, what do you call him? Baby Yoda, the child, or Minch, uh, <laughs> um, is uh, going to be a continuing element of the Mandalorian going into its second season, or if he is just a part for this season. Um, like if they wrap up his storyline this season, then yeah, I could see them wanting to include him as a little nod in um, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna just gonna limit it to being like the cameo of the ship from this show though because i think you saw that and you can see that in the trailer like the one at least one model of the same style ship as is in oh, i didn't notice that i didn't notice that i'm gonna look for that yeah i think it's if you look for it i mean so, there, there's so many breakdowns of that sh of that scene and shot uh, from the trailer of like the people trying to identify all the different ships they have in there yeah but i think it's one of the ones it's a little bit easier to see because it's like got a unique kind of shape to it. it's got that kind of 
Mickey Mouse look to it from the front. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, or Mickey Mouse at least with a, with, a, with an evil mask on. Uh, <laughs> I think they're gonna have leave that as the cameo without having the box in the Mandalorian because I suspect, especially because how popular the character is. Yeah, Baby Yoda is going to be here for a while, I think, and going yeah. into season two. And I don't think they're going to want to limit the TV shows at this point in time. And even if they did do something with him in that Rise of Skywalker, I have a feeling it's been cut out now because they're like, oh, no, there's going to be a second season. We don't want to yeah, spoil all what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. So if Mandalorian was just going to be a one-off, then maybe because it's almost done by the time Rise of Skywalker comes out. Mm. This season, at least. So Yeah. Yeah. It should be ending right when Rise of Skywalker comes out because we've got four more four more episodes and then uh star wars comes out at the end of december yeah i think the it's either the last episode or second to last episode airs the wednesday before rise of skywalker mm. and then i don't know if there's one after that at the regular time okay. but i know that i know the week of rise of skywalker's release is the one week where they're going to break the friday release day pattern that they're having for all the, for the rest of this season um but yeah no, i i could see them doing a nod but I don't think they're going to. I think they're just going to leave it being. There's a ship that's representing that. We have the ship from Rebels representing that. We have this. You know, they have all those little cameos in there, and that's yeah. going to be what they're going to do. I think. Yeah, I'm hoping they keep it separate. Like, I don't want the. It's it. It won't be bad if it crosses over, but like you said, maybe if they just give like a little cameo or like a little Easter egg or something, that would be cool. That's all it needs. But that that it, that really is all it needs. It doesn't have to be more than that. Like even for like two seconds, if you see like Baby Yoda walking in the background or something, like, I mean, that, that that'd be cool. I mean that film's got enough to wrap up as it is, so I, yeah. I don't think they're, they're, they're they don't want to bog themselves down with too many cameos from stuff that's not relevant to the storyline or the sequel trilogy or the Skywalker saga in general. Yeah. So I mean, ship cameos in that giant massive fleet shot's going to be uh, I think more than enough for them. Although I'm. They might surprise us with something else. Maybe we'll see a, a, a Mandalorian somewhere. You know, yeah. doesn't have to be doesn't have to be the Mandalorian. You know? It could be a, a Mandalorian. yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can give us a hint of where the Mandos are going to go in that era. Hopping back in to the episode four here, chapter uh, four. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopping back into chapter four here, uh, <laughs> so we get the. We get the Raiders, they invade the village, uh, you know, opening scene ends there. Then we cut to uh, Mando on his ship with Baby Yoda. And this, this part was adorable. Uh, I think anytime you're going to see Baby Yoda on screen, you're Stop just going to be touching like... things. Yeah. <laughs> he's, and he's just pushing buttons. But then he just, like, Baby Yoda stares at him after he just pushed the button. <laughs> and he just slowly reaches his arm up and taps it again. <laughs> like... That- that's, that's a child seeing how far he can get away with something. That's, that's, was, a, that's a nice little a-hole moment. <laughs> yeah, I was loving it, loving every second of it. So Mando says, you know, we got to find a place to hang low for a while. And then he finds this planet. He says, there's not a lot going on here. We should be good for a while. They they get to the planet and they stop into a little bar or cantina. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, I was like, all right, this is the episode starting off good. And then when it got to them in the bar and the bartender comes over to them, th- this part where it was where it kind of like felt a little off to me. Like it didn't feel like she I don't want to very... say. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to say it didn't. Fe- it didn't. I don't want to say it didn't feel like Star Warsy to me. But if they had done like uh, an alien and like subtexted it or subtitled it, mm-hmm. I think it would have flowed a little bit better. But how she was and how she was like doing the scene in general uh, it, it just wasn't flowing for me but what were you gonna say i was gonna say that the waitress felt very um current day very yeah. um yeah i mean but that's not necessarily i mean 
Star Wars has, has done different approaches to that too. Like, um, if you think back to Attack the Clones in Dex's Diner, it's a very fifties themed type of thing, and even the droid waitresses there had that sort of "You want a cup of Java juice?" you know, kind of thing. And yeah, you know, so they've done different angles to that. So we haven't seen this in Star Wars before. So. <laughs> It's hard to say it's necessarily out of place because you could always add that to being part of the repertoire if you wanted to. But I agree that it did felt a little weird at yeah. first. Um, but then again, given where they're located, it seems they're, you know, you're, you're only going to have a certain... You're not going to have a cantina on every planet, you know? Yeah. So this one's clearly just mostly a human colony, it seems. So that That's a good point, too. You don't really... Because other than... I don't think you really saw a whole lot of other like alien species. Like the majority of the people there, you're right. The majority of the people in there were like a human, like a Terran kind of species, right? Yeah, they're they're also kind of human or human offshoot, minus like their pets or their. You know, they had like some droids working in the field, but they were pretty low tech, yeah. um, and they weren't really. And even the Clatuinians, I think, must have just been like they looks like it was just Clatuinians. Yeah. So um, they must have just arrived or been like on there somewhere else. So I mean, maybe it's just areas of that planet but i get the i get the impression that the settlement is just a very small area mm-hmm. um or with maybe a few outlying farms uh which is why they chose that location and why um as we'll get into why cara dune eventually is saying hey i claim this planet first i guess there's not a lot of spots else on that planet by implication that they could go to it's not like oh you're in new york i'll just go over to philly or whatever you know it's yeah uh, it's a it's a small small area yeah um uh, but yeah, so you mentioned our next character, which a lot of people seem to love. I like this character a lot. Um, the Loaf Cat. <laughs> oh, no, it sorry, was, Cara Dune, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was cool seeing the Loaf Cat, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano. You know, still not the not the best actor working out there. I thought she was pretty good in this, though. Comparing her to, like, you know, when she was Stardust and Deadpool. She's there to do one thing, and that's kick ass like that's who she is she's an mma fighter or was an mma fighter we meet her mando sees her across the canteen or the bar and he said starts asking the waitress who's that trying to get some information about her and then uh boom she's gone just like that and uh so you know mando tells the waitress watch the kid and leaves baby yoda inside and then he gets jumped by her and they do this back and forth battle fight and it was a pretty fun fight i thought it was really cool yeah, it was that was that was pulled off very well. Yeah, like she she wrecks him. He gets a couple good punches in here and there. Uh, she does her classic knee kick, like or her uh, you know flying knee or whatever. And we got a we got a few glimpses of that in some brief footage at celebration because they had to show off they, something from they her they character. And we got to see the 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 end shot with them with their guns drawn drawn at each other. So that. Did they show you the like climax to the scene, like with with Baby Yoda at the end? Or they did not. No, we, we Baby Yoda completely off screen. Nothing there at all. Oh okay. yeah, no, yeah. There was it would have been all over the internet already, uh, yeah. like five months ago if, if that hadn't the case. Yeah, there was nothing about Baby Yoda. We we saw they showed us some of her. Um, I think all the footage we've seen from the trailers and from what they previewed was the first three episodes, mostly the first two, mostly the first the first the first episode. And a little bit of this for her, and we've seen something with a, with another imperial character that hasn't shown up yet with some death troopers. Okay, that was that was those in the trailers too. So we haven't seen that character yet. Um, okay. So I'm guessing we'll eventually circle back around to that at some point. I was that was actually the big surprise I thought with um with the third episode uh, 
Oops, sorry, chapter. There you go. There, there you go. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the third chapter, because I, I swore that we were going to, I thought we were going to get the Mando group versus the Imperials. So I was like, you don't show a group of Mandalorians and you don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we ended up having them against the Bounty Hunters. So it was actually a nice surprise even working against my expectations. So yeah. Uh, but anyways, I digress. We're, we're talking about the whole series here. We're oh, talking no, about yeah. chapter four. We, we, get to, we, we can, trust me, we could Quentin Tarantino this all day. I don't mind going backwards. Uh, okay. Well, then, <laughs> I also highlight that we have to hear a screaming tattletale droid when he ripped it off in Chapter 3. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. It's a fucking hoodah. That was good. I, it's not something I knew I wanted to hear until I heard it. Um, and then you said, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I said, I said, thank you. And, uh, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So, so back to Chapter 4. <laughs> yeah, Chapter 4. So they battle, and then... Uh, They've got the guns pointed at each other. They ro- roll over, and you see uh, Baby Yoda there, and he's got his bowl of soup or whatever, and he just sips yeah. it, and he's just staring at him. Perfect. Uh, it's the newest memes. Yeah. Oh, have you been loving these Baby Yoda memes? Oh, amazing. I- I've loved every second. I've got, um, I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes with Nikita, but he's the master of memes. He's, he's constantly sending me memes all the time, and ever since... <laughs> He found out I love Baby Yoda. Every day I'm getting like 20 to 30 different Baby Yoda memes. He sent me once. He sent me another one with Yoda and Gizmo again. And he's so he's just like constantly feeding me that. One of the um, uh, I uh, a guy I know who's in the uh, the effects industry. He's worked on a lot of this Star Wars stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. he actually worked on a couple of Baby Yoda shots. And uh, he so when um, I shared one of the first ones that popped up or whatever was the shot. He's like. My work is a meme now. I've hit the next level or whatever. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So he, he nice little feather in his cap, but he's, um, yeah, because he's actually worked on some of the Clone Wars and Rogue One. And, uh, uh, he's been doing a yeah. lot of work on Star Wars. Yeah. He, yeah. And, uh, and, and that baby Groot. So he's been, he's, he's diversified or whatever. So he's, he's worked on pretty much our entire conversations at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But I, uh, I digress. Yeah. The, the memes have been um, pa- pretty powerful uh, going around with those ones. There's a, do you see the, the Billy Jean one? No, I haven't seen that one. So it was the um, uh, it was the female gremlin from Gremlins Two. Oh wait, Maury. Oh what? Maury the Maury meme. Uh, never I mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, so it's it shows her from Gremlins Two, and yeah. it's um it's like uh, Billy Jean is not my lover. Cuts to Yoda or whatever. She's just the girl who says that I uh, that I am the one, and then like it cuts to Baby Yoda. But the kid is not my son. <laughs> <laughs> When uh the best one he sent me was uh it's the set of Maury. You remember that talk show? Yes. There okay, was, uh, I see where you're going. You, yeah, so it was it was her from Gremlins Two. It was uh Yoda, and then up on the screen was Baby Yoda, and it's Maury's just sitting there like you are the father. <laughs> uh, well, we we were, uh, I was joking with um, Justin and Coco about how um how uh. Maybe the reason that Yaddle is no longer uh, on the council after Phantom Menace is uh, Yoda's like, you can't be around. They might think the kid is mine. (laughs) (laughs) We're not allowed to have office relations. Yeah. (laughs) They might think he is. So uh, let's get back into this chapter. I'm, I'm loving the side conversations, though, man. This is good. Yeah, sorry, uh, your, your three-hour episode. I know the last one was only like a half hour long, or whatever. And this one's going to be uh, four hours long. So I apologize. Yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> uh, so uh, Mando says to Kara, uh, uh, "You want some soup?" They go inside. They get a drink. You learn a little bit of her backstory. You learn that she was on Endor at the fall of the Empire. 
Um, so that does that mean that she was probably battling with? Well, I think she said she was. At, she said after Endor. I don't know if she said she was on Endor. Okay. She said, okay. I think she said she was a shock trooper, but then after, or then, but then after Endor, like, is when the her role started to get diminished. Okay. Because um, you know, the Empire was starting to get whittled down some more between Endor and uh, Jakku. Because um, that was Jack who was only a year after Endor, so it makes sense okay. that in that year time frame, that's when she would start. You know, you know, a year after Endor, you know, not much. There's not much Empire left, and now we're four years later than that, or yeah. four years after Jack Who. Because right now we're, it's not the the new like power isn't the Empire. It's like the New Republic now, isn't it? Yeah, New Republic's in the core. Um, the Empire is basically is as, as officially all the remnants are basically. The organized empire is gone. They were defeated at Jakku. Um, in the novels and stuff, you have a few key survivors were able to take some resources out to the unknown regions where there was a contingency by Palpatine working, which is basically where the First Order comes from. Like That's where they're going to grow and build from over the decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of the remainder post-Jakku <clears throat> empire is just the fragmented holdouts and warlords and so i'm guessing we'll get a little bit of taste of what that might be here in this series because now we're a few years after that and okay. that's why the that's why the stormtrooper armor is all dirty too they're, they're all just like you know they're dirty, dirty up and yeah because a big thing a big thing that in the aftermath novels was that the empire when it consolidated down to jack who for its last stand the they had gotten kind of feral to that point they, they're describing these, the stormtroopers as being feral there because they were living in really? those rough conditions and stuff on Jakku and you know the dirty armor and just being really more vicious and not as organized and stuff and that kind of led to why they were you know uh, easier well not easier to defeat but one of the reasons why they were defeated because they got they had less of a command structure at that point and then once they lost their super star destroyer and fleet then they were basically screwed yeah that um, was it for them yeah so th- I mean power structure wise. New Republic's in the core, as they hinted at in the third chapter, because mm-hmm. um, uh, Gr- Grief uh, mentions that. So they they're, they haven't really re- consolidated everything down yet. They're still organizing and getting their Senate together. And um, I mean, there is a Senate, but there uh, it's not every system. Not everyone's quite joined up yet. So there's probably a lot of independent systems to this degree. There is a a uh, organization called the Corporate Sector Authority, which is a, another holdover from the old expanded universe, mm-hmm. which is like a section, a small section of space that is basically the Empire left alone. That was like its own sort of corporate authoritarian. I mean, by the name, corporate authoritarian section. Basically, basically everything was run by a corporation there and stuff, and people are kind of owned and uh, have their debts and stuff, and they have their own their own separate security forces and stuff there. So there's small factions like that, basically. But the major one, New Republic. Yeah. So she wasn't on Endor. Um, we think. I said again. Yeah, yeah. We we don't. Maybe she wasn't on Endor, but she did. But then she did bring up the politics. She did kind of mention it. I don't know if she actually mentioned the New Republic or not, but um, the politics around that were pretty much let what led her to leave what she was a part of. Right. That's what well, it sounded like a key part of the politics is that after Jack who, um, even leading up to the well, it really was after Jack who the new Republic intentionally starts scaling back their military. Cause they, yeah. they this demilitarization was a way of sort of getting more systems behind them after the fall of the empire, because they wanted to make sure that they weren't being seen as a new empire 
by being so military centric. Um, cause they, people were concerned about, oh, well, if you're a Republic, what happened, what's going to stop you from turning into another empire like the last one or, or just yeah. filling the void and stuff. So, um, they scaled back their military, uh, significantly, which would explain why a shock trooper would not be quite, would not be employed as much, especially during peacetime when there's yeah. fewer and fewer Imperial factions to fight against. Yeah, that makes sense. So she goes off and she's like, all right, well, you know, this is. Yeah, this is my planet. I, I claim this planet. You guys can go on about your your day pretty right. much. Um, <laughs> yeah, space so, dibs. <laughs> so Mando, you know, says Baby O. He's like, well, guess we got to find a new home or whatever. Yeah, uh, that leaves there. Mando. It's uh, cuts to night. Mando's back at his ship, uh, and then we get two of the guys from the village from the opening scene coming up on their floating raft, and you know they want to buy his help. They want to. They say, oh, you're a Mandalorian, right? That's Mandalorian armor. Like, we'll pay you to help us. And he goes, he says, it's not enough. He's like, well, how do you know? You didn't even count it. Doesn't matter. It's not even enough for gas. It's not enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So essentially he says no. And then they say, as they're walking away, these two characters, I didn't really like all that much either. But, you know, that doesn't matter. They were just, uh, yeah. I mean, they were they were just like a plot. They point. were just they were, there. They were yeah. there. Yeah. That was. There was just a make sure that that one girl wasn't doing that. Omera wasn't doing every single um, piece of dialogue on behalf of the villagers, basically. Because she was great. I liked her character a lot. I thought she was fine. I don't think they developed her enough. Like I think she was acting was fine, but mm-hmm. she kind of just had the function of being there to ha- make goo goo eyes at the yeah. uh, at the Mando and. Yeah. Kind of just you know give him the temptation to stay, and yeah. I would have liked more from her because especially because yeah. like she has that that you know she was, was trained with a weapon and maybe there was some interesting backstory there. Yeah, like stuff. how does how does she know how? Well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So, but... <laughs> they say, "Oh, we're out in the middle of nowhere." He goes, "Where do you live?" And then eventually, that's how they get him to go because they're out in the middle of nowhere. So him and Baby Yoda climb on. They go and they get. He gets Kara. Uh, Mando, Kara, and Baby Yoda are now on their adventure to this village. And once we we get there is when Kara and Mando go on their like uh, checking checking the area out pretty much, and that's when we right. see the tracks for the ATST. Yes. And <laughs> the first thing Mando says when he they cuts it back to them at the village, and he goes, "You're all gonna have to leave." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a really good jump cut there. And uh, right before that, actually, there was one one thing too was um, the uh, when they first arrived to the village, all the kids go right to Baby Yoda, yeah, and gather around. Like, it's so cute, whatever. It's like, oh, it's us. It's everybody watching the show, whatever. But it also reminded me of um, again, Attack of the Clones, where. Um, yeah. Uh, when Yoda's teaching the, the younglings, or whatever, like gather around, children, and got in, uh, like, and truly wonderful, the mind of a child. It seems, it seems like there's a connection between these, you know, the, the children and these Yoda species. You know, it's uh, I, I don't know if that's always, a, yeah, I don't know if there's an intentional connection, but it makes sense. It does. It's probably got to be like maybe that's like part of that sure. species when they're force sensitive, like they they can like draw, like. Not draw children to them, but you know there's there, there's a <laughs> hyper. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing like that. But like, it's so cute. Where's our kids? Yeah. <laughs> Do you see that little thing? That little green thing? They were they were like playing with it. Where it is? Oh. Where'd they go? Yeah. Where'd that little green thing go? Also, our son. Where is? <laughs> 
but they, yeah, yeah, uh, but going back to the the jump cut, yeah, that was um, yeah, it, was it, was, it was a good moment, and, and it was uh, it was not an expected element. I wasn't, I, I for some reason I was expecting an, an at at or oh crap, I didn't say that right, at at. I say that whole time. No, see, I, I, I really hate at at as a way of saying it, and I was like thinking in the back of my head, like, it's like, uh, make sure I, I don't say it the wrong way, or whatever. <laughs> said the right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, you've listened to me uh, a couple times now. I'm wrong sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Well, no, because like you, because yeah, <clears throat> no, it's at at because it's atst. You don't say atst. So yeah. it's, um, but I was trying to make the point, whatever, before and I, I didn't get to it, and it was stuck stuck in the back of my brain, and that's why I said it wrong. So I will give myself twelve lashes later. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, anyways, yeah, no, I was expecting an ATAT based on the noises that I was hearing in the in the opening sequence mm-hmm. for some reason, and uh, it just it, I shouldn't have really because it makes sense for a forested area for them to use a smaller uh, scout walker. But um, yeah. So that was a nice little interest. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. They managed to do some interesting things with it later on. So yeah, they pretty much tell the villagers like this place isn't safe. Like you, you got to find somewhere else. The villagers, you know, they're stubborn. They've lived there for generations and generations. They're yeah. not leaving. The villagers never leave. They never leave. <laughs> they never leave. They I never want to leave for whatever reason. For once in my life, I want to see a story where it's like you have to leave your village. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because it's a smart thing to do. So they want to stay. They want to be taught how to fight. They say, yeah, we can, we can fight. And they're, you know, Kara and Mando are just like, no, yeah. essentially. Like, at first, they're like, there's no hope for you guys. Like, we can't train you to fight. So I, this part, like, this montage of the training, uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> I wasn't for me. That's that, that that feeds directly into the Seven Samurai homage, and yeah. they do they do the same thing in Bounty Hunters. Um, so it's technically it's us now it's a Star Wars recurring theme as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, it's again it's what you expect kind of from these from these sort of situations now over this type of storyline, I should say. Yeah. Um. So again, it's just it's familiar. It's not done poorly. It's just familiar. Yeah. And. It- I, that that's probably what it is the fact that it's familiar and that it's it it is something that we've seen before many 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 times it also the stick training i get well they don't have weapons or at least they didn't have that many weapons i guess so yeah I guess it makes sense that they would want when you go hand to hand because the they knew the blasters weren't going to last for, uh forever or at least the clatuinians were going to rush them eventually going by their past um attacks and right around that time too we start I think getting some insight into the Mando's helmet culture. Yeah, just, just, just before that, uh, we did skip over that a little bit. Oh. Um, so thank you for going back to it. Uh, you get you get the conversation between him and the woman of the village. If you could remind me her um, name, Omera. Omera. Between Mando and Omera, they you know she asks him about like the helmet and everything and so we get a little backstory and like a little bit more like if you don't know anything about the mandalorians like this right. this gives well, you a little bit more insight right well this is actually this is actually a new introduction too because um the mandalorians that we have seen in the franchise to this point have taken their helmets off but mm-hmm. they've been different or they are apparently different sex if you want to call it that of or you know different tribes of mandalorians so this one clearly has a less much more stricter um, code to them, some kind of more of a more ancient warrior uh, aspect to it, more so than the 
uh, Death Watch we see in Clone Wars or the ones that we um, the general populace ones we also see in Clone Wars mm-hmm. um, and the which is good though because I think after the third chapter people have the same question when he says oh you know when, when the the forger is you know asking the Mandalorians has have you ever taken your helmet off and he says no and has anyone ever taken it off uh, you know uh, for you whatever and he says no people are like but you ever shower? I mean, yeah, people, people have these questions. Like he's got to take it off. People assume, okay, maybe it means like, have you ever taken it off in front of someone else or whatever, but yeah. they never quite state that. Uh, and well, you know, here he's like, yeah, he clarifies. Yeah. It definitely gets clarified for you. Um, and you, you learn it at the, I don't know if it's in that part or later on in the chapter where he says, you know, someone asks him, I don't know if it's her or care ask him, uh, what happens if you take it off? Like, do, do they come after you? Uh, it's her. Oh, oh uh, they come after her. I yeah, think it's it, Omera. I want to say. I want to say Omera. All right. Yeah. Unless, it's, unless, it's, unless it's just a quip from Kara. I don't know. Yeah, because uh, later on in the episode, she says, "Why don't you?" Do, well, we'll get there, but I want. I want to say Omera because I think part of her thing in this episode was her desire to him to take the helmet off and stay. So yeah. it makes sense that her inqu- the inquiry would have come from her. Yeah, unless I, I, unless it's a, unless it was just a separate snide quip from Kara, which would fit her character. Yeah, I think Omera may have said that. Uh, possibly, yeah. I, I I don't recall off the top of my head, but I digress. Uh, uh, he does take his helmet off because uh, <laughs> he, he does need to eat. So uh, and wash. you know, and wash and shave <laughs> and you know brush yeah. his teeth. Yeah, they have these huge beards sticking up underneath the helmet. Yeah, right. <laughs> Even even the uh, the forger has like a nice it's, little facial hair. After we get the we get the training montage, uh, you know, a couple other words are traded amongst them, uh, and then Kara and Mando go to where the raiders. Mm-hmm. What's their names again? Uh, Klatuinians. They go they go <clears throat> and they uh, do an attack on the Klatuinians, the two of them, and they blow up one of their uh, their hutches. This battle scene was cool too. I like this a lot. This, this is the part of the episode I thought stood out more because it's not part of the seven samurai structure in a way. Yeah. Or at least not overtly. It's just Yeah. It's not have- waiting to be attacked. You're going out and doing the attacking and it's just like a not a spy mission, but like an a covert mission, like yeah. sneak attack kind of. Yeah, and also you have the the structure of the you have the, the tension of the brawl happening during the time bombs that they couldn't that they'd already tar- set set, uh, set into motion. Yeah. So you you have that extra um, tension to the scene that some of the other stuff didn't quite have because you kind of knew how it was going to play out. Yeah, and that that was cool. Um, and it leads. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go. go I was say because we have this cool brawl like with the tension in the in the hut hutch or whatever yeah and then right after that we get the awesome reveal of the atst raider yep and just... with the red eyes yeah which as far as i know is this the first time we've ever seen an atst with the red uh eye screens of the atat that we see in empire strikes back yeah uh, which i would love for them to clarify at some point because it's red from the outside but whenever they look from the from the inside, it's not red. <laughs> so, so where is that red coming from? <laughs> so it's not a light on the inside. Yet here we can kind of see the inside, but there's no one there. But yeah. I'm a little confused on the text side of that. But anyways, beyond that, though, it's a cool visual. 
Yeah, it's and, very cool. And it's just coming out of the darkness and rising up or whatever, which is funny because it kind of reminded me of almost like a shot from Jura- one of the Jurassic films or whatever, which with yeah. Bryce being in the Jur- Jurassic World films seemed like an interesting little connection. Yeah, that, that's that's probably a cool little nod, like a little reference for her. Could be. Probably. It's either, it's, I don't know if the coincidence or not, but if it is, it's still a cool coincidence. Because yeah. I, I feel like it's like a T-Rex standing up almost or whatever, yeah. staring that's down a- at her. You, that's, you just gotta, that's cool, man. That's, you just a, that's throw a cool. The, just got to throw the Mandalorian some heels and start running, you know? And he's got, hey, he's got, he's got, he doesn't even need the, um, he doesn't even need the, the, uh, the torch or whatever, the, um, the, the flare. He's already got a flamethrower on his arm. Yeah. He, he just run with the flamethrower in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Since you bring that up, too, I love the fact that he uses the flamethrower in almost every episode now. It's like he just loves setting shit on fire. And it like, only worked once. <laughs> yeah. He lit one stormtrooper on fire. Well, did, did he light a Jawa on fire? No, he shot over their head. Cause, okay. Uh, That's right. He said, "Get away from." Yeah. He's yeah. like, "Hey, take it easy. We gotta. We still gotta negotiate with these guys." Yeah. Oh, uh, but a side note too, since we brought them up, whatever. I got love how they gave some some variety to the Jawas too. It's like because like it's not the Tatooine Jawas. It's like uh, yeah. some kind of off-world Jawa that has red eyes and a, like a ash gray cloak instead of orange eyes and a brown cloak, or whatever and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah it's, it's a cool little little way to differentiate them. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, a side note. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, if, opportunity to bring up Jawas, I'll bring up Jawas. <laughs> opportunity to bring up IG droids, I'll bring up IG droids. Yeah. <laughs> well, holy shit! It's the first time. It's the first time I've ever seen a Jawa get killed in in this series. <laughs> like I, I mentioned that. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh, dude. I mean, no disintegrations. I mean, that, that's like now we know why Vader was kind of emphasizing that because he's like Boba Fett's probably got one of these things. <laughs> yeah. Is that the hell of a gun? Yeah, a one it, shot and boom. A grief, grief cargo is saying it's an impressive weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Walkers, we get that ATST. Like you said, it's a great visual the eyes and the darkness, it rising up. Uh, another cool visual with that is when it's coming out from the tree line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a that, really cool visual. That also had a bit of a uh, bit of a T Rex in Jurassic. Yeah, vibe to it, you know, with the trees moving and stuff, and yeah, that man, that, th- those are great points. Like, I didn't view it like that, but like, if I'm gonna watch it again, and uh, that's a, that's a really cool point that you bring up there. Well, it fits the um, design aesthetic of the walkers in general, and why the empire kind of uses them is that they're supposed to be like these lumbering beasts to instill fear. You know, as they come towards you on the horizon, so they look like, they look like giant monsters. So if yeah. you're if you're enslaving or subduing a primitive planet of some kind, it's going to be fitting into their mythologies and stuff a little bit of some kind of giant creature, you know, uh, attacking their village or, or or you know waking waking from the dark and stuff. And the scare tactic, the fear uh, that fits into it, and we get to really see that here more so than we've really had an opportunity to see in any of the films thus far, because in the films, for the most part, they've either been out in the open, like yeah. either on Hoth or um, on a crate, or we've just had mostly them around established bases where the primitives were already sort of already aware of what they were facing. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's cool to kind of see that play out. So, again, it's one of those things. It's taking something that's familiar and putting it into a new context. Which is, least, yeah. Which, again, the show does <clears throat> it so great. It makes even these weaker episodes worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chapters. 
<laughs> yeah, you did it again. You did it again. I, know, right. <laughs> I gotta get used to it too. We now get the battle between the villagers and the the ATST and the uh, you know the bulldog creatures. I, I forgot their name again. Uh, we get the battle between all West, them. Westwinians. 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 Yes, that's what they are now. They're Westwinians. They probably stink like Wes too. Wes is a Wes is a stinky dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we get Mando blasting these guys away. You see them like disappear. We have the ATST uh, walking closer to the trap that they set up. They like dug this hole or dug out the water area to be deeper so it'll collapse inside. But for whatever reason, the ATST stops at the water, which to me makes sense. It's a giant robot. It's you know it can walk in the water, but. Well, there's a there's a couple it different doesn't. ways you can take it, and I think, mm-hmm. I think the way you're meant to take it is that they because like it's almost like half steps into it, mm-hmm. but it do, it's not that it noticed the trap or suspected of the trap. I think it was more, I think it it was like it just happened to stop there, but maybe that was the moment when the ground raiders were like, "Hold up, wait for us. We're gonna go charge in now." So it's like, oh, "Okay, yeah. I'm gonna stop here. This is a good spot, whatever kind of thing," because um, otherwise it falling into the trap later doesn't doesn't make sense if it suspects one yeah and that's where my my initial thought was oh it knows there's a trap there which yeah, i think that, a lot of people thought I think I, people yeah i think if there was a flaw in the way it was shot or directed is that it gave you the wrong impression there yeah um because it does seem like it's like it noticed or suspected yeah. but then the payoff doesn't work if that's the case so mm-hmm. If it was meant to be like it's just holding its ground, like crap, it didn't come far enough, whatever. We have to lure it into the trap now, which is really, I think, how it plays out, which makes sense. Then that moment just it, it misdirects you in the wrong way. Yeah, because then the carrot carrot does <laughs> go out to start firing and add it to like draw it in more, and she, you know, it, it takes steps closer, it steps back, it steps forward again, and then that's when uh, uh, was it? She, does she shoots one of the eyes, right? Um, eventually, yeah. Her second shot, I think, gets she gets she gets the she goes through the inside, and that like I think lures it, pisses it off enough to, to or whoever's inside, presumably, yeah, um, to come to, at her. to go after it. Because I don't think it would, yeah, I don't think you can remote control a mech. So I mean, a uh, uh, a walker. So there's got to be somebody in there, if, even if we can't see it through the window. Yeah, there's definitely. So it gets the, it gets taken down. It steps into the trap, falls down. Mando goes in with his explosive, throws it into the other eyeball, and blows it up. The Westinians. <laughs> the Westinians cool. are like. There's a, sound, there's a sound effect too when he throws that in there. So I'm, that red has to be like some kind of like weird energy screen or something because, like, he throws the thing and you're like as he passes through it or something like that. So yeah. it's, I think that lure, it supports my observation from earlier. I think if that's how that technology is supposed to work, but yeah. Enough about the screen. More about the Wesses. No. <laughs> <laughs> so then the West Indians go, shit, we lost our guy. Let's get the hell out of here. So they bail. The villagers win the fight. And then it cuts to, as we're told, it's four weeks later or weeks later after weeks the battle. Later. Yeah, it's weeks later. Yeah, that, that, that was a little bit of a, took a moment to, to, to accommodate to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, yes, he's been fine these past few weeks. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Thanks for telling us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's where we get the conversation between Mando and Kara, where she's saying, why don't you, you know, you can stay here, be with this beautiful woman. You can have your own family and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't that what you want? And I think this is the point where 
I don't know if this is the point where she says it or the other one says it, like, what happens if you take it off? Do they, you know, do they hunt you oh, down? Okay. No, but you can never, you just can never put it back on. Yeah. Uh, I think that might have came earlier in the episode, but here yeah. she says to him, like, you're going to break the kid's heart if you guys leave. Like, you should you should just stay here. And he goes, well, actually, I'm going to leave him here. You know, space isn't a place for him with me. Like, he here, here he'll be safe. He's trying to, like, maybe possibly still explore the idea of going back to what, what he was, you know, his way of life, even though he knows he can't do the, he can't go back to grief anymore, but yeah. he knows he can probably maybe try to move on and continue the way. <laughs> the way of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't want to give up being a Mandalorian because you find out this episode, the Mandalorians did a lot for him. They took him yeah. in when he was, uh, what, what are they called? Um, foundling. Foundling. The, the children aspect is one of those things that they're pulling back into this from in the expanding universe when they first established the um, Mandalorian culture. The adopting uh, orphans and stuff was a really big key factor of um, Mandalorian culture. Um, yeah. And the, they didn't really explore that too much in the Clone Wars era uh, Mandos, but this tribe seems to be much more focused on those ways and bringing in those traditions. And so I think, and, and even the um, the helmet, no helmet taking off thing is like is, is new, but um, even that's sort of almost like a throwback to the old way that Boba Fett used to be portrayed in the expanding universe before we had attacked clones and stuff, because he never he never took the helmet off really um, yeah. in in the old stuff. It was always there was even a famous line in one of the comics, I think it was the comics, yeah. Because he didn't show up in the in the novels too much, but in the, in the, in, uh, there was a line where, uh, Boba, like someone asks, like you know, are you, are you ever going to show your face? And he turns around with his helmet. And he says, "This is my face," or whatever. Yeah. And so they bring this is almost again intentionally or not is a nice little nod to the old way that they used to um, portray what we thought used to be a Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um. Yeah, the foundlings aspect comes in that same way and that's that explains a lot to why he's so um he's, uh, con- they, connected they, to the, to yoda to to baby yoda yeah it's because he's like obviously he's caring for this child or else he you know there there's something about this child and i want to get your opinion on this once we wrap up the episode or okay. the chapter you know he's drawn to baby yoda for a reason maybe it's just because it's a child but he's drawn to him for a reason and he wants to protect him and keep him safe. So with him saying, I'm going to leave him here. Once he said that, I was like, oh, shit, I guess like that's it for baby Yoda. He was just like a small little part of this series. And he even talks to Omara and says, hey, can you look after the kid? And she mm-hmm. says, yeah, I'll, I'll raise him like he's one of my own. And then that's when we see the he'll be a toddler when you die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll still look like this when you die. <laughs> That's when we see the bounty hunter, which we've seen this, maybe not this bounty hunter, but a version of him in a previous film. The uh, the elephant looking gas mask, yeah, like yeah, doctor um, thing. Uh, Snivian is a species, um, which was um, the spy that traced Obi-Wan and Luke to docking Bay 94 in A yeah. New Hope. Yeah. Uh, we also saw him in the very first episode, chapter of this series. Um, where he was the one with the flute summoning the ride that Mando was taking his blue capture uh, bounty right. to his ship from. Um, so we've seen that species now twice in this uh, in this series with this bounty, this new bounty hunter, 
uh, third time at least in the franchise. I don't know if we've seen Snivians elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if they had reused it in the background of Jabba's Palace or somewhere else. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, that was um, he was his nickname was Long Snout or uh, or Long Snoot or whatever is an action figure. Garin uh, Garindan. It's always hard to pronounce it. I can I can see the word written, but his yeah. name is Garin in the uh, in the New Hope. That specific guy. So different dude from this, presumably. Yeah. Because they probably wouldn't have just like offed him this easily if it was like a recurring character from the movies. Yeah. Uh, if if in any case, it's still like a cool reference to like uh, Episode Four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still cool to see that character again. Um, and efficient reuse of props. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Save money. The, I mean, shit. This series has probably probably cost them a quite a pretty penny to put I think together. It's, uh, anyway. Supposed to be fifteen million an episode. Yeah, that's a that's a shiny penny right there. So I mean, like this whole the whole season's probably you figured it was what eight or ten episodes, so it's probably cost them about the same amount of money as a single Star Wars film. And they're getting more out of it, so. Yeah, you more time. So, yeah. so we see the we see the guy. He, oh, he puts, just a, just a side note. I was gonna say, have yeah. you seen have you seen any of the um, videos they've shown of the technology they use to to film to film this with? No, because that, that's one of the ways they've been cost saving a little bit. Is um, they've they've created um, it's called I think it's called Stagecraft. I have I double check. I have a link somewhere I can send you it, but it's um, okay. it's basically like this huge like LED set background that they use unreal uh engine to have a actual 3d environment projected in hd on uh in the background of a lot of things so the people on set can see the actual things around them and it move it's connected to the camera so the perspective of the background will change and shift and give you that um uh, that effect of the, the background moving at a different, you know, different speed than the foreground or whatever. So it's not just like a painting or whatever and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the, the camera is actually moving through a 3d space or whatever. And, um, it's one of the things they do to create these, uh, these environments. Um, they still use like blue screen stuff or green screen, and some things as well, but they showed off, um, just the generic technology and it's very impressive how they managed to pull it off um that's really cool definitely yeah. send me the link for that i'd like to see that cool yeah yeah no i'll send you that there's a there's like a short version there's like a longer version i think it's like 15 minutes to watch both of them or something like that but it was okay. it's really cool tech and that's kind of gives it why it has it i think it's one of the reasons why it has a kind of that unique look to it also the bounty hunter <laughs> in the yes, woods yes yes we get uh we have him he so- scopes up uh mando in his crosshairs and it's right at the moment where amar is just about to take mando's helmet off Right, and <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, he, he he stops her before the shot happens, so it's yeah. he he still chooses to. It's not like he's like yeah. he was like, oh, I'll do this until he hear the shot, and then he changes his mind again or yeah. something or has second thoughts. But yeah, I'm glad it was still him, like saying yeah. like no, like no. I'm I'm glad it happened that way. And then no. we get the shot. Because... No, you're, you're you're just a guest actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro Pascal is not ready yet. The bounty hunter ends up putting baby Yoda in the crosshairs and then that's when we hear the shot and then you get scared again like this is the second time where a potential shot has been taken on little baby Yoda. I mean I, I thought about that too like half the episodes have had about someone about to take Yoda did the rights and then getting stopped or whatever. Yeah. So we get Kara, some, she's out in the woods, she takes down this hunter and Mando's like oh he wasn't after me he was after the kid. 
if they know he's here uh, because they find the fob. The uh, yeah, they really gotta explain how those things work at some point because that's new technology and like that's not in the lore at all. Not like that. No, I mean that's uh, I don't know how that could track someone honestly like that. This I mean it seems like you gotta be at least on the planet for it to work, but like I don't get how it's tracking one individual life form versus another like there's nothing like implanted in baby yoda as far as we know and as far as we know at least and i'm sure there was no implant on what's his name uh horatio sans's character at the start of the 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 season so yeah yeah i'm curious how those work (laughs) yeah because uh yeah they've been explaining things as the series been progressing so maybe we'll get a you know maybe we'll learn how they work uh, as of right now, man, I mean, they just seem pretty simple. It's just like a tiny little square box with a couple wires coming off of it tied up at the end. Like, it's, it's a very it's, simple prop. It's tracking something. If you, if it reminds yeah. me almost of those um, those sticks people use to find water. <laughs> you know, like, I forget what you yeah. call it, a, a divining rod. It reminds yeah. me of a divining rod almost, whatever. Yeah. Mixed with like a compass almost, like or like yeah. hot, hot and cold. like you know. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You know, after this happens, Mando says, all right, so we're not safe here. I'm going to have the kid's not going to be safe here because they're coming after him. I have to protect them now. So Mm. they leave the village. You know, they say their goodbyes. The kids are sad that, you know, baby Yoda's leaving. Uh, Baby Yoda is sad that he's leaving like that. Man, just a just crushing. Anytime you see like a little character like that get sad, it's like, oh, and he's either missing the people or the soup. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Yeah. He clearly uh, didn't like the frogs in this in this in this planet, so he's yeah. uh Yeah, he's fit that frog right up. I was joking that like if you just watch this series, you would think that um that Yoda's species is like just a pure carnivore because all it's eaten so far are is frogs and bone broth or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but we know he actually does eat other things, so uh the episode concludes uh Mando, Baby Yoda go on their way. They separate from Kara. She does her own thing. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see Kara again later on in the series. Like, I don't think so. She is weird for her to be a one-off character. Yeah, she she was just so cool. One thing about this episode that I really liked was the introduction to her. We got, we did get a little bit more of a backstory to Mando. And as far as like the Mandalorians go, or at least his group of Mandalorians, like they're, I don't want to call it a religion, but like their code. Yeah. Uh, you know, their code and what they're like. I'm excited for next episode or next chapter. Uh, yeah. I mean, nothing's going to stop me from looking forward to the next chapter of this yeah. series. Like, even yeah. if all of them are only as good as this this episode until like the finale, I'm sure they have a great finale in mind. But yeah. Like, even this, like I said, there's going to be something interesting to watch week to week. Like, I mean, granted, I'm coming from like being a hardcore Star, Star Wars fan, it's, I can take some in, 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 uh, something that's interesting out of everything. So, like, I'm watching Resistance now. Like, that's yeah. that's airing weekly on Disney XD. Um, I think the first season's up on Disney Plus. Okay. Um, and it's not as good, or it's nowhere near as good as Clone Wars or Rebels. It's it's aimed as a much younger. It's aimed at a much younger um, demographic. Uh-huh. But the. Um, the different aliens and characters and ships and stuff that they use are used in interesting ways. And yeah. so there's always, and sometimes there's something that's done in an, that's a new introduction element to that era. And it, um, it makes it worth watching from that perspective, even if it's not like, I can't say recommend it as a must see show compared to the other animated shows. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, by the way, if you, uh, once you get through, um, Clone Wars and Rebels, 
Add Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures to your watch list. <clears throat> the Freemaker Adventures? Yeah, the Freemaker Adventures. Were, yeah, it's um, it's part of the Lego Star Wars series, but it's like, unlike the other ones that are adapting like the movies or, or, or what have you, yeah. it's its own original storyline with original characters, and it's generally entertaining. It's funny, but like it's definitely worth watching, and some characters from Clone Wars and Rebels will pop up in there as well. Awesome. So it kind of ties a little bit into it. It's not like 100% canon because they're building things out of Legos and stuff, but it's still... Yeah. It's you know it's it's got a great sense of humor to it, and I did highly recommend that one. And it's a nice little gem people will often overlook, and I think there's only two seasons also. So okay, yeah, I, I'll I'll add it to my list. I'm definitely going to check that out. So yeah, that, I digress though, but yeah, that's um much like Resistance. It's something like it's I enjoy that one more than Resistance. So to put it, to put, to put it in perspective. So but yeah, the it's, it's, you can get these little interesting things out of these episodes. So always looking forward to to the next installment. Uh, yeah. That, and, uh, so I, I I'm kind of springing this on you, but uh, usually I do a you know I'll do a grade for a movie or whatever it is. Okay. Uh, so uh, if you don't want to give a grade, it's okay. Uh, I, can, I, I, I can I can go for a grade. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, I do one through ten, or you know, up to you, however you want to do it. Uh, <laughs> the first eighty-seven out of twelve billion. <laughs> Write those zeros down. (laughs) I did uh, chapters one through three. I gave a nine. Uh, I thought they were great episodes. Uh, This one I do. I I dropped down. I I gave it an eight. So chapter four, I'd give it. I'd give an eight to just based off of uh, some of the things that just didn't work for me that we mentioned. Uh, Other than that, it it was a it was an awesome episode. But just those few things that didn't work for me, it, it dropped it down a little bit. I would probably go. With either a six or a seven. Um, oh, less generous like, than me. Well, I think it, well, here's the thing. The first three episode chapters were so high level. Like I said, they exceeded my expectations to such a high degree. That's got those. Those have to be at least nines, as you're saying, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, so this one feels like the minimum quality I would want to expect out of the episodes going forward, mm-hmm. which would be above, which I would have to be considered above average. Okay. So that's why I'm saying six or seven. Uh, now, once I can see more episodes of the series or uh, chapters, I could probably, um, I might want to revise that a little bit so I can give it a, a better context of, oh, well, these other episodes were so much better, so they have to be tens, and that means <laughs> chapters one through three, surprisingly enough, are now eights or whatever by comparison. Maybe yeah. this one will get bumped up or lowered so you can get an idea of what the scale would be. I mean, I, I, I would say saying something's a six is not bad for this show. Yeah, um, I would say a five would be like my minimum, absolute minimum. But I would expect this show, based on the first three chapters, to be at least a six. Okay. But I, let's just say six and a half. I'll split, I'll split the difference. Split the difference. Yeah, say six yeah. and a half. Let's say I six and gonna, a half. I was gonna say seven and a half, but doing doing the math because I, I do have a point system to where I give where I give it a grade. Okay. Uh, and the point system just brought me to an eight. But at first I was thinking seven and a half, but the, the system got me to an eight. Well, I'll say it was six and the loaf cat bumped it to a six and a half. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, man, uh, anything else that you want to mention from this chapter before we uh, because I do, um, have, I do have a few questions for you that okay. I, I want to get your opinion on. Otherwise, I think we've I think I think we've done a pretty good job of touching everything that's worth mentioning on this one. I mean, 
the planet's name Sorg, and that's the only note I have left here. Is that okay? <laughs> we have we have names for, for for two out of the three planets we visited so far. We have Sorgan, right. and we had um, the the not Tatooine was called. Um, I have to go back here somewhere. Uh, not Tatooine is called Arvala Seven. Arvala Seven. But we don't have a name for the bounty hunter planet that we, or bounty hunter guild planet or whatever that we've seen so far. But yeah, that's the only thing I can mention that was like, okay, it wasn't Tatooine. We know that for certain. We know this is not Endor. <laughs> uh, I, 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 anytime I've mentioned Star Wars on here, I, I say I am a fan of Star Wars. I've, I've, I grew up with Star Wars. I do love Star Wars. I often say I'm not a fanatic. Yeah. And then following up that comment, I say, I don't know the names of the planets. So in oh. this instant, you are definitely a fanatic of Star Wars where you can you can name the planets and everything. And, you know, like I'm I'm looking at like your bookshelves and everything. Oh, yeah. I see all the Star Wars books. I see all the Star Wars. Like yeah. You you are a hardcore Star Wars fan. Like you're not just like a fan like me. You're a hardcore Star Wars fan. Um, so that's why I was looking forward to having you on, on this uh, episode. Well, I was glad to be able to participate. It's always fun to, to talk uh, talk these shows because you have to, you know, I see Coco at work. I see Justin yeah. on occasion, and but it's only for a few minutes. You know, it's like a few minutes when you're clocking in and clocking out, or passing them in the hall, or whatever. And it's like you're trying yeah. to blurt out two hours of conversation. Oh my God, did you see the thing with the IG droid and the ETSD and the Ewoks and the job? I mean, and the Jawas and crawl. Oh my God, in like five seconds, because then you have to go back to go off to work or whatever and stuff. So it's yeah. nice to be able to have a little more of a have an opportunity to have a detailed conversation about this yeah. uh, and uh, unbottle all that. Uh, Let it all out, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why, yeah. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you were uh, wanting to come on and do this because uh, it, it is good. It's nice to have an outlet to, you know, let go of the excitement and talk about, you know, things that you're passionate about. Um, one of the main reasons why I started this, this podcast in general is because I had a lot that I wanted to pour out and have conversations with everyone. Conversations are fun. I yeah. love talking about this stuff, you know? Well, it's what we did in the shop back in the day for the most part, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, we yeah. would sit there and we'd just we talk that. about, yeah, talk about movies and TV shows. That's I love doing that. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to make use of all this useless knowledge that I have absorbed, uh, <laughs> all, all the facts I have absorbed or whatever uh, over the years. And um, and in, in this case, you know, you got, you got a pretty lengthy conversation out of what was probably a chapter that didn't have all that much to discuss compared to the first three to begin with. So, yeah. I can pad your stuff out whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you're definitely welcome back anytime. Uh, Everyone listening to this is like, yeah, that's what this guy did. That's what this guy did. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but seriously, man, uh, anytime you ever want to come on and talk about something, just, you know, uh, don't wait for me to ask you. You ever want to come on? Please ask. Uh, like if there's in for any you want you want in for any uh, want me back for any of the, any of these episodes I'm happy to come back I know you got people already wanting to come back already for the other ones and maybe we, we maybe we'll squeeze Coco Justin and me into one room again and we can uh, two for one at, uh, three for one it for you <laughs> uh, man that would work maybe uh well shit let's do let my me camera and my as you know my camera isn't pointing at the ceiling the whole time either so <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was funny. <laughs> I mean, I can. I have. I have. I mean, I can hook up one like on a tripod, and then. <laughs> well, because 
my my uh, my, my uh, iMac only tilts back that far. So okay. <laughs> the whole time I was just looking at a door frame, and she and then right at the end she says, "They can't see me, but you can see me." I was like, "Actually, I can't see you. I haven't seen you this whole time." <laughs> uh, but shit, man, seriously, how about let's let's do this? I wanna I wanna try to figure this out. Uh, let's book you in because I do want to have Coco and Justin on again. I have someone coming on for chapter five. I have Strickland coming back for chapter six. Uh, I might have someone booked for chapter seven. It's a uh, finale. But, is it eight, right? It's only eight, it's only eight yeah. chapters, right? Let, let's have you. I want to have all three of you back on for chapter chapter eight. All right. We'll try to figure that out then with the, with, the, with our schedule. That shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, we should be able to pull that off. Now, before we go, my three questions I have for you. Real quickly, do you think he's ever going to take the helmet off? I think we're going to see the helmet come off eventually because they, I mean, they they hired Pe- uh, Pedro Pascal. They're going to show his face at some point, I think. Yeah. Um, even if it's only in private, mm. like that, uh, that's what I'm thinking. Because even that, if it's that, like the even if it's the finale and he takes the helmet off in front of people, he'll never put the helmet on again. And that helmet's the selling point of the not the selling point of this show, right? But, like you can't have him without the helmet. So yeah, it's the icon. It's uh, but if he does it in private, like or whatever, or at least does it to Baby Yoda and doesn't tell anybody or something like that, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I could see it be like, okay, that satisfies the audience's desire to see the actor's face without violating the need for the helmet or whatever or the the, the code of the helmet. Yeah, I agree. Um, question number two. Uh, in question sh- number two. Question number two in chapter three. What do you think it was that they were extracting from Yoda or baby Yoda? Um, I don't know if they extracted anything from him yet. It looks like they were just scanning him and his vitals and stuff. Like, okay. it, cause it, it looks like it looks like the type of med, um, med bed table thing you'd have like in Star Trek or something like a next generation. You know, they'd always have that thing yeah. below the chest and give the readouts or whatever. It seemed like a Star Wars version of that. Um, and, I don't know if we've seen the, a similar tech elsewhere in Star Wars. If we did, maybe over... Because I don't think Finn had that on him when he woke up in Last Jedi. Now, unless we saw it in Clone Wars or something that I'm, that I'm not recalling off the top of my head. Um, it just looked like it was it was just giving like a vital readout, it looked like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was sleeping, so he may have been sedated. Okay. But then you did have the floating droid overhead, so it makes sense that that the the torture droid would have injected him with something, maybe. Yeah. So that uh, that that may have made sense in that regards. Um, but I don't I'll, think that. Oh, go ahead. No, no finish, finish your thought. Oh, I I don't think they extracted anything from him. I I mean, okay. I, I don't think they would do that in that facility because it looked like he was ready to move him somewhere else, anyways. It didn't look like he had that, that elaborate of a facility there. And um, since that doctor dude is wearing supposedly um, the on his uniform the symbol or logo for the Camino cloners, uh-huh. I suspect it's he's going to be doing whatever he's doing elsewhere. Like whether or not he's going to Camino specifically, or just some, or a more elaborate f- clean facility or something. Mm-hmm. Assuming it has anything to do with cloning, which I, if that is true with the symbol, I have to assume it is. That, that's uh, what. That's what the big theory is, that this was either a version of... I don't think Baby Yoda is a clone, but I think that they were in the process of trying to clone him. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you don't think anything was extracted for... You're the first person I've heard say that, because everybody thinks something was extracted from him. Really? Uh, but if if nothing was extracted from him, I'm cool with that. I'm, I hope they didn't get that far. 
Well, it seems that with the Camino cloning process, they do better work when they still have a the, the live subject to take samples from. Like they can't just take one sample and clone and clone and clone and clone and clone, which is why Django Fett had to hang around in because the they were world. constantly using them. Exactly, he had to give new okay. samples every now and then, and then why after Django Fett was gone, they couldn't make another generation of clones, and they had to start recruiting stormtroopers and stuff. Okay. Um, uh, or at least started using different cloning sources, possibly. Right. Um, and so it's and that would explain why maybe they want to have the Yoda back because if even if they have done some kind of testing or what have you with force sensitivity or or, or uh, midi chlorians or something like that, then hopefully um, then they, maybe they need still to have the source subject to do further extractions for further tests. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. Yeah, and also, and it also depends on how midichlorians work too. You know, you never know. Because <laughs> I, well, I, <laughs> this wasn't one of my. Go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. no you, I was talking to you about. All right. Uh, well, this wasn't. This is not my third question. But what are your thoughts on the midichlorians? Are you okay with it, or is it like something that where you're kind of like, eh? It was odd initially, but in the um, expanding universe prior to Phantom Menace, there was you were able to tell. People were force sensitive. There were like devices that could they could scan or do a blood test or something like that, or whatever, and say, "Oh, you you're stronger in the force than this person." And it was supposedly one way that the Emperor and Vader helped track down you know Jedi and stuff is being able to identify them that way. Um, and it clearly the films themselves clearly indicate that there's some kind of connection by passing things down through blood, since uh-huh. you know since Luke and Leia have it from from Anakin. So there was clearly some kind of biological aspect to the force. So quantifying it in the Phantom Menace as, um, uh, or identifying it as like the midichlorians, I, I'm fine with that. It was a little weirder in that the way Qui-Gon's philosophy explained it, yeah. it made it feel like the midichlorians were the what, were what gave you force sensitivity. Like the more yeah. midichlorians you have, the stronger you have. I think it works better. At least that's the way the way I choose to interpret it. And I'm not sure if Lucas has spoken on this specifically or not, because obviously he would have the ruling theory over how these would work. But I prefer to think of them more as a side result of you having force sensitivity. Like if you are strong in the force, your blood produces more midichlorians. Okay. And that's what these scientific aspects can detect. So it maintains both the spiritual and scientific aspects of the Force without completely making the Force scientific. Okay, I I, I, I can buy that. Like I, you saying it, like how Qui Gon uh, delves into it, saying that it's an organism. That's the thing that uh, it, it's just. Oh, that's one of the things that I was always turned off of, about by the prequels. And I love the yeah. prequels. I love right. the prequels, minus like the pod racing scene. But like really. Uh, you don't yeah, like the, the one thing that people say. There's two good things in Phantom Menace. I hate one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the pod racing scene. I think okay. it's too long and drawn out. Oh, see, I, love um, the, I love the extended version. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, but like the, him mentioning the Metachlorians, uh, that that that's just one of the turnoffs for me. He did it in a very Mister Wizard kind of way. So that's what that that was also yeah. like it was it was a little clunkily. It's like we're doing the plot line. We'll come here, child, I'm gonna tell you about the scientific principles of midichlorians. Midichlorians. <laughs> now grab uh, some dry ice. We're gonna do an experiment. <laughs> um, oh man! But uh, all right, man. Last question for you, and then uh, we shall call it a night. Jedi. Do you think we're gonna see any Jedi in this series? Now I've said. 
I've asked the question. Uh, Strickland said I was wrong. He doesn't think this is going to happen. Uh, I do think my theory is that uh, why Mando is drawn to Baby Yoda is because those flashbacks we've seen during the Clone Wars when his village is being attacked. Uh, I think that we're going to get a flashback scene of where whether it's Yoda or another Jedi comes and saves him. So I, I think we're going to get a reference or we're going to have a Jedi with lightsaber in this series, whether it's Yoda and that's why he's so drawn to baby Yoda or if it's uh, Obi-Wan, because we are going to be getting that Obi-Wan series eventually. Uh, what, what, what do you think? Do you think we'll get a Jedi at any point in time? Or? I think if we do get a Jedi, it has to be during a flashback. Mm-hmm. Because in the time period that we're dealing with, with the current day events of Mandalorian, there's only Luke, basically, at this point. Like, he hasn't even started training. Like, they hasn't even started training Ben yet. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, because I don't even know if Ben's born. Yeah, no, Ben Ben's been born already. So, um, but he hasn't even started training people yet, or whatever. I think he's still just walk. He's still just going around collecting Jedi books and artifacts and stuff. So there's no. I mean, unless there's a cameo by someone who survived the prequels and and the original trilogy that we didn't know survived, uh, we're only going to see people in in that flashback. Um, I initially had the same thought as you as oh maybe we'll see Yoda take down that super battle droid. Yeah. Um and uh it's a B, uh I'll I'll shorthand that to B2, a B2 droid. Um and uh I thought maybe we'd see Yoda cuz that would that would explain the connection, but I think that would under if it's Yoda specifically why his why he has the connection to the child, I think that would undermine the whole foundling aspect of the Mandalorian stuff. So okay. I think I think if there is a Jedi, it will not be Yoda. Because okay. um, I think the, the reason he ad- he adopts Baby Yoda is simply because of the code and the way, and the fact that he was saved as a foundling orphan as well. Okay. So I think he's re- he's paying that forward because that's how he was he was saved in battle. Because it's again, you know, Mandalorians are always in battle. There's going to be orphans in war, and that's why they they adopt. Um, so I think making that Yoda undermines that. So if we okay. see if we see anybody else. Um, I wouldn't, I would probably, given the time, since we were dealing with the Clone Wars, presumably, because it looks like, because if they're using battle droids and we saw a, um, we also saw a droid gunship swoop overhead, which in the, in the Clone Wars is used to deploy B2 droids. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume we're talking Clone Wars here. So, uh, cause that would probably, probably would have been, that, that droid gunship probably would have been shut down after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Even even if there was like a, a even if there was just a droid or two laying around that someone reprogrammed and reused, I, I think those gunships would have not been been kept in use. Um, I think you will not see Obi Wan because of that. Okay. Because that's going to be younger Ewan McGregor and mm-hmm. Obi Wan de aging de aging technology. <laughs> yes, that's true. They could they they I'm not saying they couldn't de age them. I guess, but. I suspect they won't on this series because they're already spending so much money. Are they going to spend that sure. much for a cameo when, you know, they're already paying for you McGregor for his show. And sure. so I think, you know, it's supposed to be older Obi-Wan. So I, I just, I don't think they're going to de-age him because again, the, the, the amount of money that, that would, that would take for I just don't think they're going to, they're going to do that. I think they're going to, they would do that for a theatrical film. Okay. 
Um, but even then, it's like you, I think you gotta put a lot of money into that just to make it look good too. I got. I mean, you mean if you did you see Terminator Dark Fate? I just saw it. So they did that opening sequence was. I mean, I won't spoil it for anybody who, who hasn't seen the film. Yeah. But um, I mean, the the de aging is pretty good for the most part. But there's a couple shots where you could tell it's a little you know a little off or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like that, and that's and that's only for like a see that's a sequence with three characters where they had a whole bunch of film that they could use and you know and yeah i mean and they can also i guess you know so anyways yeah i, I just don't think it's uh i think they, they, they're more likely to use somebody else <laughs> okay uh, uh or just create a new character i mean oh, well do you do you think the character could be a jedi at all like do you think in the in the flashbacks we'll see a jedi i or would not, at any point in time do you think we'll see a jedi i would not rule out seeing a jedi in those flashbacks <laughs> I might rule out any kind of overt force use because he seemed pretty surprised and mystified over Baby Yoda's abilities. Okay. So it, it it suggests he's not he hasn't had a lot of contact or familiarity with people with force powers. Okay. It's not like I, I don't take his look to Baby Yoda in Chapter Two as being oh you have Jedi powers or whatever and stuff. Like it's like he might vaguely know oh I've heard of the. Force, but I'm not sure what this really. He seems more like I don't know what this is. Like he's kind of stayed away from everything. And okay, um, you know the the Clone Wars was when he was a kid, so he would have seen possibly Jedi, but he might have just seen the clones most of the time. Right. You know. All right. Yeah, man. I just wanted to get your opinion. Like I, that, yeah. You know, that's that. That's one of the things I, I love getting other people's opinions. So uh, I, I could see that being maybe a, a season two thing. Like they'll, they'll introduce that uh, yeah. a, a Jedi character of some kind or whatever. Uh, and stuff. I hope it's not like a consistent thing. I, you know, I, I don't want a consistent Jedi throughout the series, but like, mm-hmm. even if one just pops up or something like in justice league, when we get that little glimpse of green lantern, you know, like yeah, just it, something little like that would be, it would be fun to spice it up a little bit. doesn't have to be throughout the entire series though. Like I don't yeah, need a character. No, like, I think you brought up an previous previous episode what's nice about this is that it's got the 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 grounded perspective of star wars so you don't have the force user there which was a part of star wars i always appreciated because prior to the prequels you were so limited on force users that it was always mostly that soldier pilot angle and even the original trilogy if you think about it doesn't really have that much in the way of actual jedi like you have obi-wan but he's kind of only there for like one scene as like for for a lightsaber fight Luke isn't really even a Jedi at all. He's more of a pilot, you know, shoot 'em up character in both A New Hope and most of Empire. Like Empire yeah. is just, he's still he's still mostly the X Wing pilot with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. You know, but and it's not until Return of the Jedi where he's the Jedi. I mean, you know, li- li- you know flat out uh, you know, force user mostly and not the pilot warrior stuff. So Luke had that grounded aspect for mo- most of the original trilogy to begin with. Yeah. And we had that for the books and comics for 20 years. And then the prequels came out and they were like, oh, we can do Jedi now. Jedi mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And then we had the Clone Wars, which was, again, a lot of Jedi. And then finally we started to curve back around and we got Rebels, which is like, okay, there's some Force users, but it's mostly soldiers and you know pilots and smugglers and stuff. And that's where the, the uh, I guess, the sequel trilogy is a bit more, more leaning towards the regular soldiers than not. Um, you had Kylo and you got Ray, but most of their talents have been in non-force. Well, Kylo's full full on force user, but you know he's the Darth Vader. You know yeah. the, the the one the one you know Sith Lord or whatever, not Sith Lord, but the one dark side user that you know you have in these stories. Yeah. Uh, but whereas Ray was more the the pilot mechanic, 
Um, you had the fake out with Finn. You know, he's the soldier, and yeah. you know, so and everything else has been even like Leia has been mostly a, mostly a general outside of finally showing her having force powers in Last Jedi and stuff. And you got Han and Chewie and Rose and you know yeah. the, the, the grounded characters for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, and this is the grounded characters. Rogue One was the grounded characters. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no actual Jedi on hand to um, be able to you know outside of the the force sensitive baby Yoda. Yeah. We're pretty much on the same page there. Star Wars doesn't shouldn't be that way all the time, but it's nice yeah. to have that variety. It's definitely nice because how many... Uh, not, not that it wouldn't be special if you just had a lightsaber all the time, but when you do have... When you do change it up and you do a different type of story to a storyline that you're so attached to, um, that's why I like I liked Rogue One a lot. That's been one of my that's probably my favorite out of all the newer movies. Um, oh yeah, no, Rogue just, One. Rogue One is probably my. F- mm, I want to say it's my second favorite of the films. Like, I mean, I've I, it's it's always hard for me to rank the films because like it ends up being more tiered. Like my yeah. top tier is like Empire, Rogue One, A New Hope, and Last Jedi. Like those okay. are like the ones. Like I mean, I know not everyone likes Last Jedi, but it's you know it's. I, I can make a whole three-hour conversation on Last Jedi. <laughs> um, that'd be an interesting conversation to have with you one day, I think, actually. But um, <laughs> yeah, If you ever want to do one, man, we could, we could do a back and forth on Last Jedi for sure. Yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get another <laughs> bottle of water on that one. But, um, the, uh, but yeah, so, you know, a top tier, my, my bottom tier has Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and um, the Clone Wars theatrical film as itself, just because it doesn't really work as a film. But um, yeah, it's good. Some of the episodes are okay, though. But the uh, the show is way way better. Uh, but just as the film itself and ranking as a film, I put it down there. And then everything else is in between. It's the ones where you have a lot of good and maybe a little bad. Not maybe not bad, but mi- some kind of mixture where they're okay or average. That's where your Jedi, Sith, Solo, and Force Awakens fall in because they yeah. they got they got they're they're more obvious overt pros and cons in my opinion. Yeah. So it's like. But they all have different mixtures. So again, it's like um, like Solo was probably the first thing to do more of a Western part of Star. Like Star Wars always had a little bit of a Western to it, mm-hmm. but Solo went more flat out, lighthearted adventure Western. Yeah, yeah you've literally got the train robbery and the bank heist mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. And then this one, and then you had Rogue One with the the more of the war film, the grounded war film thing. This yeah. is taking the groundedness of Rogue One and mixing it with the Western aspect of Solo and just going full on Western, you know, dark Western and stuff. So, yeah. and and literally we have seven samurai in this in this chapter, yeah, uh, which was then famously remade as the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of all comes full circle in that regard. So you yeah. get these nice little mixtures of the of the elements that make up Star Wars. You can mix them to a certain degree and stuff, and that's why yeah. they can, definitely they can do this. So. Definitely. All right, man. Uh, we are way past the time mark here. This is like is... Two, this is like three episodes for you. So <laughs> have fun editing this one. Um, yeah, this one's gonna take me two days to edit now. Yeah, uh, man. Before we sign off, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Um, yes, I have my YouTube channel, uh, Denim Intent, uh, and on there I have uh, I, I may have mentioned on stream here uh, that I have a video there for the enhanced viewing order for the Clone Wars. Uh, it is the second episode of a series of viewing order and timeline videos I've been doing to help people, you know, watch different franchises and stuff. The first episode was actually about the timeline and order of everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including the TV shows and viral videos and short films. Uh, but the second episode for the Clone Wars deals specifically with the 
uh, viewing order of the Clone War of the Clone Wars. So it takes the official viewing order that was put out that put it in chronological order, and takes a few of the points that they didn't fix and fixes them, and kind of just streamlines the whole experience. So I call that series streamlining sci-fi. Um, and there'll be other ones in the future there. So if anyone's looking who hasn't checked out the Clone Wars or is looking to do a chrono- chronological uh, rewatch, I highly recommend my video to use as in the guide. The first six or seven minutes kind of lays out the changes you make to create the new order, but you can always jump a little bit in there to get in the uh, the item de- uh, video description has it in text form to make it easy access. Because I'm not trying to like you know whore out my hits. I want to just get the the order out there and let people be able to use it and have a better uh, viewing experience. But the after the six or seven minute mark, it goes into spoilers for the Clone Wars and explains why each of those changes had to be made. So if you haven't seen the show, don't watch the whole video. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but if you're curious to why I made those changes, it gives you a full full breakdown of uh, where that came from. And uh, beyond that, you can find me on Twitter. Or Instagram as the Second Quest, with second being two N D, and um, that's basically everything at the moment. Oh, uh, uh, I guess relevant too. Except that that with that um, Clone Wars thing, me, Coco, and Justin uh, will have a Clone Wars story arc by story arc uh, discussion series going on in the near future. That's not posted just yet, but look for that before Clone Wars season seven debuts on Disney Plus. So hopefully you'll have it by the end of the month, but hopefully uh, January probably at the latest. They'll be starting, and uh, yeah, so right on, man. Everybody, uh, go check out Billy's YouTube. Uh, check out all his good stuff. Like he said, he's got uh, a couple episodes with uh, Coco and Justin, and you said Bridget as well, right? She's on there. Yeah, she'll be involved in that as well. Yeah, the, uh, okay. the whole with, when that Clone Wars discussion pops up, and we'll also be putting that as a podcast as well. But the idea with that is to approach the series with different perspectives. Right. Uh, so uh, and using this enhanced viewing order um, as a baseline. So me, who have seen the series before in many ways and created the order and know every detail, I'm basically going to be you know, effectively the host for that series. But then Coco and Justin hadn't seen Clone Wars yet, so they're going through it the first time. But Justin has his background with the the books and comics, and Corinne knows the movies. Um, and then Bridget doesn't really know Star Wars at all. Like she doesn't hasn't even really seen most of the films. Nice. Um, yeah. So she's kind of, as I joke in our intro, when you see the first episode, that she is the equivalent of the canary in the coal mine. She is, <laughs> she is, she is the porg in the spice mine. So she gets to see how, get a nice little barometer of perspective of how the show plays out as a standalone entity, independent of some of the films and stuff. So uh, hopefully they'll be calling that Clone War Con Chatter, and that'll be out again, hopefully within the next uh, month or so. All right, man. That's awesome. Yeah, guys, go check that out for sure. That's it for us here. Billy, thank you again for coming on, man. Like I said, we're going to figure it out. We'll figure it out uh, for the chapter eight. Get everyone back on here. And with that being said, everybody, thank you for tuning in to Gizmo's Corner yet again. This has been a conclusion to the episodics. Tune in next time because we are going to do that review on the new units. All right. Later. Take care.